Darren McCarty is venturing. He's got a new career. He's venturing into the world of pro wrestling. Last week at an event, Bubba Ray Dudley from the Dudley Boys, infamous Dudley Boys tag team, put Darren McCarty through a table at an event in Windsor, Ontario. Tonight, as we record this, he was throwing hands in the ring, got into it in a tag match, and like Lance Storm, the infamous Lance Storm from the ECW days and WCW, the pride of North Bay, said he doesn't know what a double wrist lock is, but the guy can throw hands. Darren McCarty's got himself a new career. He made an impact against Colorado, and he's making an impact at Impact Wrestling. Welcome to episode 87, the Sydney Crosby edition of Off the Rush. Uh, I'm Dave from Vancouver. I've got Dave to the far left coast of Victoria with me and Alan from Wellington, Ontario. Guys, it's a special night on a couple of different occasions. It's Sydney Crosby's episode. We're going to talk a little bit of Sydney Crosby later. But on a more serious note to start the show off, it is also the fifth anniversary of the Humboldt Broncos bus crash tragedy. Uh, Alan, I'm going to throw it to you. You just worked a junior hockey game tonight. Um, just your thoughts on where we're at five years later, uh, and a little bit about the community of Humboldt and how they rallied around that team. Well, Humboldt is like your ultimate, uh, small town, junior town throughout Canada. So when something like this happens, like it affects the entire town, um, and it affects like the other junior hockey communities across Canada. Um, there wasn't there wasn't one team when it happened that didn't do a ceremony for it when it was going on, and like all the leagues kind of stopped for the day, and um, it it had a huge impact across. And even today, like it just feels like it happened yesterday. Like I know I had sticks outside my door all day today, and um, that's kind of the legacy that's been left behind, along with uh, the the outpouring of uh, people signing up to be organ donors from uh, Logan Boulay, who uh, registered before and was able to give his organs. And so April 7th, now known as that uh, green shirt day, which represents organ donation. Uh, To piggyback on that, I was teaching middle school this week and uh, they were promoting the green, the green shirt day. And there's like a little cartoon video uh, that goes along with it, like telling the story and whatnot. And I was teaching grade eights and I was like, do you guys remember this happening? And they were like, yeah, of course we were in grade three. I was like, okay, that's good that you remember this. I mean, it's a horrible thing, obviously, but it's very interesting. Like I, I didn't hear of the screen shirt thing before. We've never done it in my previous school, uh, but it's really cool to see that this is, you know, some positive that's coming out of the tragedy. Yeah. And that's one thing I think that Canadians do best, like, more so than other countries in our culture is that we try to find the good in every situation and make everything a learning experience. We lost 16 people that day, which is a a really high number. Uh, And a lot of people before the prime of their lives, teenagers. Um, I was happy to see in my neighborhood today, I've got two sticks out front. There's a lot of sticks out there. People haven't forgotten, but yeah. um, You know, the legacy is a positive uh, organ donation. If you don't have that, if you're listening to the show and you don't have that indicated on your driver's license or you haven't like made arrangements with family members, 
you're not going to need them. If you're gone, you're gone. But, you know, if you've got parts that still work, pass them on to somebody else because you'll save a life. Uh, and worth worth uh, naming the, that day they lost Tyler Bieber, Logan Boulay, Dana Bronze, Mark Cross, Glenn Dirksen, Darcy Hogan, Adam Harold, Brody Hins, Logan Hunter, Jackson Joseph, who his dad, a former NHL player, um, Jacob Leach. Connor Lucan, Logan Schatz, Evan Thomas, Parker Tobin, Stephen Wack. Those are the 16 that perished in that crash, which is um, just such a sad thing to think about. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, on a more positive note, uh, it is our 87th episode. It's the Sidney Crosby episode. Sidney Crosby, 35 years old, still going in the NHL. Feels like he's been around forever because he kind of has been. He's just, He's been in, in the pros for 17 years, which is just mind-boggling to me that he's been around that long. Uh, I had to do like a double take, and I was like, yeah, I started in, he started in 2005, 2006, is 2022-23. Uh, Dave, for you, the defining moment of Sidney Crosby's hockey career so far? Uh, I mean, have I told the story of his golden goal? Uh <laughs> have we told the story of his golden goal i don't I mean, know if we have told that story on this show at least i don't think we have alan do you know our story i don't know you might start and i might be like oh yeah but so off the so top of my head i don't we were in vancouver and uh um we got into the roxy like the, the game was like an 11 o'clock start time yeah. Right. It was super Sunday. early yeah. on a Sunday. Listen, you don't need an excuse to go to the Roxy, Dave. It's okay. We won't judge you. Okay. But here's the thing. We were lined up for the Roxy at like nine in the morning. Right. Because that's like, gotta be a first. They, oh, it was a first. And and people are just lined up down the street everywhere. Right. And so we're in this, we're in this place and uh, Dave, you were working. I was working the Olympics. Like anybody else that was in media in Vancouver, we were all working. So I was working the Olympics I was working at the Coca-Cola Cultural Center down by the Roundhouse, which um, was kind of boring. It had some like bobsled exhibits and they had the game on the screen, but there was really no atmosphere. So I got off work at like 10 o'clock. And by got off work, I mean, it was the last day and I just wandered off the tour. <laughs> I was like, peace. And Dave's like, yeah, we're going to be at the Roxy. And I was overconfident. I'm like, because I got a pass. I got a placard, like a lanyard. So I'm like, oh, I can get in anywhere with a lanyard. It doesn't matter. Whatever. And the Roxy was like, we would let you in, but we are at capacity. And the fire marshal is on his way. We cannot let another person in here. The guy actually was like almost in tears. He felt so bad for me because like Dave's on the other side of him. He's like, Dave, with like outstretched arms. And I'm like, I can't get in. <laughs> so so the game is on. I actually took time away from the television to see Dave outside in the middle of uh, Granville Street, which is empty. There's not a soul on Granville Street except for Dave. Yeah, and he's on seen, the. If you've ever seen the movie Vanilla Sky where Tom Cruise is running through Times Square and there's no people, that's the vibe. That right? That's it. And, and it's me, this balancer, and Dave are the only people on the street, and and the guy won't let Dave in. So I have another buddy who Dave's never met, who's a few streets down in a building, so I send Dave over there to watch the game with some guy with he's total so with, strangers. With, with strangers that he's never met before. And then there's all sorts of links that happened after that because of that. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, Sid scores that goal, right? I'm on Granville Street, and I'm two blocks from the arena. And we run outside. Like, it's just immediate. You just hug the people around you, and then it was just, you run outside because the waitresses and the waiters, they took everybody's payments as soon as overtime happened. It was really smart on their behalf. Otherwise, 
nobody would have paid for their drinks yeah because how do you pay the bill i we i run outside and it's still broad daylight and it's puffy white clouds and a beautiful blue sky and you know that scene in braveheart and all those movies where you just have like you know armies colliding together in this mass gore or whatever well it was like that except instead of fighting each other these people who are running out from the other side of the street all down granville which was once vacant not a soul on it now has people pouring out from both sides colliding in the middle and just hugging strangers and, and this huge celebration occurred. It was the most magical freaking moment. And I just yelled, Sid the kid, for about four straight hours and lost my voice. And then I had to teach on my practicum with no voice the next day in Victoria. I had to take ferry home, drunk as a skunk. Well, I miraculously crazy. found Wonderful. you in that sea of humanity, too. That's true. By chance. <laughs> By, By chance. chance. Like 10 By minutes fate. after the By game fate. ended. There's, yeah. There's 200,000 people out on the streets just like going absolutely like all of us dressed exactly it was amazing. the same in red oh, hockey jersey. <laughs> yeah. I, I think of that and I, I'm thinking of how old we're getting and how much time has passed since then. Don't like, do it. Don't do it. No, don't no, but I'm teaching it. kids that weren't even born or were like in the womb and they have no clue the magic of that moment. And it's just like, oh, I think about it, it brings so much joy to my life. I've never had so much ecstasy ever like like just that that feeling of just pure exuberance and i i hope the canucks win the cup someday because i'll get it back <laughs> i'll get it again if that happens yeah well that yeah that's the obvious one i think you know you got to look at that one as as the legacy for crosby he's won uh three stanley cups but that is the moment i think that stands out it stands out for me i, I won't recap that because that's the same i lived it with dave but alan um what was what's your biggest Sidney crosby moment what what in your mind it was his welcome to the NHL moment where it's in his first season. He's going up against the Montreal Canadiens. They go to the shootout and he goes backhand roof on Jose Theodore. The water bottle pops Dion or uh, what's his name? Pierre Maguire like explodes on air. And it's just it was kind of like one of those. Did he just do that? Yeah, that and, was the Gord Miller call was welcome to the Crosby show, Canada, because the game was on TSN. I remember. Yeah. 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 That was that was the one for me where I was like, okay, this this kid's okay. Yeah, and it's interesting to watch his development too. Like he's become probably the preeminent two-way player in the game. Like he's his he, he's his, the best, he's the best well-rounded guy in the game. Yeah, and he still might be to this day. Like I think you could like we talk about Connor McDavid a lot. I know Dave's on a wait and see with McDavid, but like um Crosby like might still be the most complete player in the NHL at this stage right now in his career. Uh, the so, so I'm watching the goal right now. Beautiful. You know who shot for Pittsburgh right before Crosby in the shootout? Mark Recchi. Mario Lemieux. Mark Recchi was first, Lemieux second, and Crosby oh, yeah. number three. Because Lemieux hung around because he wanted to play a year with Sid. Yeah. Didn't like really like we, we joke. We joke about my like wait and see on McDavid but I mean I mean when we talk about Crosby this is the player that I wish McDavid modeled his game around a little bit more because if he could bring the leadership and the two-way presence that Crosby brings McDavid is the best player of all time yeah probably 
if we're being honest. Um, but you know, we'll have to wait and see on that with McDavid, right? Like, <laughs> see, <laughs> I'm not think, totally out to lunch here. No, but I think this year in the playoffs, I think he'll push it, but I was going to jumping back to Crosby. He's got 88 points in 79 games. He's had a very quiet elite season. He'll probably hit 90 points, but they're in a dogfight, man. You look at the Eastern conference right now, and it is just, even since last week, when we talked about this, it's getting more and more compact up top. Like you've got right now in the playoffs, Florida Panthers, 89 points. The Islanders, 89 points. Pittsburgh is a point back. They're sitting on the outside looking in right now. Um, and it's going to be a dogfight within the last week of the season to see which of these teams is on the outside looking in. But like, is it a blow to the league? Like, no, sh- like I don't want to throw shade on the Panthers or the Islanders if they make it. But is it bad for the NHL if the Penguins are not in the playoffs? Kind of like the way that Major League Baseball playoffs, take them or leave them, love them or hate them, isn't as good if the Yankees aren't in it. What do you think? Well, it, it depends on what you classify as is it good for the league or not? Because like Pittsburgh, money-wise, if they're in the playoffs, is it going to do well for their TV ratings? Probably. Yeah. It, I'm... I'm probably more likely to watch if it's a different team in there, to be honest with you, like Hmm. a little bit of variety. That's interesting. That's interesting because I always watch Pittsburgh Penguins playoff games. Yeah, I'm way more interested in Penguins versus Bruins than I would be Islanders versus Bruins. And I also think... Oh, man, I see. I'm the opposite. I Well, I think that this is what I think, and you guys can chime in on this. I think if I'm Boston and I'm looking at the Panthers, the Islanders, and the Penguins, of which team I don't want to play, it's Pittsburgh. Because Why? They've not... got two sieves for goalies. Yeah, they do have yeah. two sieves for goalies, but they also that's a team that's not afraid of them. Like Crosby and Malkin won't be intimidated. They'll go in and play their game. I think the, but... I think the Islanders wilt under the pressure, and I think the Panthers have been just kind of a mess all season. Man, I'm looking at like the Pittsburgh Penguins forward lines, like uh, and it's they're good. Like Crosby, Malkin, Getzel, Zucker, uh, Rust, Granlund, Raquel, Carter, uh, Danton Heinen. Uh, you know, like the like the like that's a that's pretty it's pretty good top nine, but like the defense though is a mess. I is is a bit of a mess, and you got uh, uh Marcus Patterson who's on uh LTI right now. Uh, you know, and he'll be back for game one of the playoffs. It's cool. Kulikov, Kulikov is also out right now, but he'll be back. He'll be back. But it's always tough when players come back from injury and then all of a sudden there's spam put right into the playoffs of like do or die. You know, everybody's hitting each other at top speed for the, like the first round of the playoffs. It's just a bloodbath, right? So and it's to, hard for players to come back. To be fair, you know, to Tristan Jari, he's been a lot better in the second half of the season since he came back from injury. He's been pretty solid save percentages at 909 so he's trending in the right direction i mean i'm telling you i don't think they'd beat boston but i don't think it would be a quick series i think they'd, they'd sneak a couple games at home i think they'd they would, give them a scare they would give them a scare i think of those three teams, like florida should be the scariest team for boston but like i don't know man i have a hard like i now alan has fallen into this trap when we do the playoff betting which is coming up in a couple of weeks which is very exciting where you can't count Sidney Crosby out, but this year I'm falling for it. I can't count him and Malkin out. They've had good bounce back years. They've been better this year for the Penguins, both of them, and they've been healthy, which is, you can't, I can't even remember the last time that both these guys had, haven't missed a game all season. I, Crosby I hope and Malkin have played every night for Pittsburgh this year. 
I hope the NHL has a documentary team following following around the Penguins this year, so we can get like a Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin last dance, like we got with Jordan and Pippen. Yeah, although I think they run it back next year. They'll be back next season, but uh, I don't know, man. Man, okay, I, hang on. Just looking at because Pittsburgh's out of the playoffs right now, yeah. right? Like, yeah. But their final games: Detroit, Chicago, Columbus. Oh, those are dangerous games, though, man. Those can be hard to get up for. Teams, hey, teams hey, love but, to teams love to play spoiler. Sure, but if you're if you're the Pittsburgh Penguins with Crosby, Malkin, Latang. Like these guys know how to win. It's not like a new team that's coming up. Like they know what's on the line. I, you know, I, you know what I'm saying? Like I expect them to win those games. I think it's going to be the Islanders that are the odd man out. I think Florida is going to do enough. Like Florida is going to get in, but like, I okay. Think, but the New York Islanders, the, playoffs. the New York Islanders, Philadelphia, Washington, Montreal. Yeah, it's slightly tougher. Slightly tougher. But isn't that like 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 <laughs> slightly, but not but not much. You know what I mean? Those are all very winnable games. Yeah, it's gonna be tough. I think who I think the team, the two teams that make it in are gonna have to run the table. They're gonna have to win their last three. Um, but yeah, we'll see what happens. Uh, Ooh, sorry, I gotta say this because people are probably wondering Florida, Washington, Toronto. Carolina. That's tough. If you're looking Carol- at the schedule, Florida has by far the hardest schedule for the last three games here. Yeah, that's Carolina's tough. like bombing a little bit lately, though. Yeah. I mean, the bombing in that they've, their last 10, they're 5 4 and 1. I mean, they're, they're they got 109 points. They're a solid hockey club. Man, there's good teams in the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference. The East is a war of attrition. It really is like I'm looking. Well, you at- know what we say that we say that, but then look at the Western Conference. I think all but the last playoff spot are, are like locked up, except for that last wild card where it's like a point between eighth and tenth. Yeah, it's true. Cal- Calgary, not you know you get you know everybody's talking about Calgary it being between Calgary and and Winnipeg for that last wild card spot, but Nashville has like amazingly hung in there. They've done a great job. Like they they traded away Ekholm, and everybody thought that was their season. Um, but UC Soros got his act together and he's been red hot. They're a point back of Winnipeg and Calgary who are tied, but they have an extra game. They have a game in hand over Calgary. So, and, um, and guess who they play next? Who? Winnipeg. And guess who they play after that? Calgary? Calgary. Oh, NHL schedule. NHL schedule. (laughs) Those are no 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 kidding those are can't miss games man that's a point no kidding you gotta love it when the stars align like that uh because i was glued to that winnipeg calgary game um last night and it felt like a playoff game watching it like the pace was was incredible uh calgary lost and got no points against chicago the night before they had to win in winnipeg Um, Ooh, get get this though winnipeg their final two games are against Minnesota and Colorado, which are the exact two teams that Nashville is also playing. Mm-hmm. So Nashville and Winnipeg, like Nashville's fate is in their hands. If they beat Calgary and Winnipeg, like they're they're going in as like with with good math. I feel going- like Hoskin. I feel like Hoskin right now is Charlie Day in the episode of It's Always Sunny, 
where they've got like the whole map <laughs> about, about the mail and he's trying to figure out the mail thing he's like oh it's going uh, yeah this, this, that. kitten mittens they pick it up <laughs> um, well, an, an interesting playoff matchup that is not set in stone and edmonton could ruin it but i really want it to happen will be uh seattle versus vegas right if the playoffs started today Ooh. seattle and vegas would play each other which oh, would be kind awesome. of in, that would be a spicy one. That'll be interesting. Uh, I call it the Batman Cup because he'll point to that as a lot of success. See, look, expansion teams, competitive right away. They gave us the money. It's good. We gave them good teams. They're playing each other in the playoffs. Um, that'll be interesting to see how that rink is for a playoff game, uh, to see how climate Man, reacts. Batman, Batman just like trying to throw it in the face of Quebec at every single turn. Oh, Absolutely. Well, oh, he was, he was, who was he talking to recently? Uh, uh, Salt Lake City, the guy who owns like the, the Utah Jazz, and like, yeah. uh, and it's like, that's who he's talking to now. It's like, oh, Quebec City, they're never getting a team. I think, well, I think the arena deal in Tempe is kind of, it's not on life support, but there's some things now that are, oh, man, that are obstacles. So the Coyotes are suing the town or the city of Arizona. Oh, the state of Arizona, or yeah, or whoever it is, like for like sabotaging it. Yeah, yeah, that that leaked out in the press a couple of days ago. So that's why I think Uncle Gary all of a sudden is courting people like you know, like Salt Lake City, Utah. I think they got to look at Houston as an option. It's right there. They don't have to move the Coyotes out of the division. It's perfect. Uh, I don't think Quebec. I, I don't think it's ever going to happen for the for the Quebec fans, and that pains me to say because. One of my favorite places in North America that I've ever been to in my life is Quebec City, and they're the nicest people, and they they care deeply about hockey. They're very passionate. They got a great rink, uh, and that's not me rooting against them. But guys, I just don't think it's in the cards. I don't think it's ever going to happen. Um, the city's just not big enough, and it doesn't. They don't have the corporate money to support the team. There's got to be every one of these cities. You got to remember, there's got to be a billionaire who's willing to buy it, right? Yeah. You can send you can send your hate mail back to Dave McPhail. Hey, <laughs> hey, I want to be wrong. Okay, I think I think it would be amazing if the Nordics came back. I just don't. I just think that there's too many other cities in North America in line and in better position to pick them up than them them being the Coyotes. Because um, you know you'd have to figure out realignment. You got to move them to the east one of those salty teams uh, that plays kind of in the middle of America, but is on Eastern time. will have to come back into the West. Like good luck convincing Columbus or Detroit to come back into the Western conference. Cause they ain't going to want to do it. So no, that's not going to happen. The only way Quebec gets a city is uh, a team is if one of the Eastern conference teams like has to be moved like Florida, something like that. Now, now for those of us who want to be quasi optimistic about this, the population of Quebec City and the surrounding area is essentially identical to the population of Winnipeg. Mm -hmm. So there's that. But then if you talk about, you know, which teams have produced more money for the league, like Vegas and Seattle are flat out huge successes. Massive. And nobody, nobody really talks about like when Winnipeg first got their team, they were like, oh, look at all this money it's generated. But I don't think it's even near comparable to like the money might, that's been made by seattle and vegas it might be different uh this is kind of for alan it might be different out east but like out west like everywhere i go i see vegas merch and i see a lot of seattle merch like even today like i was out yeah. at superstore buying stuff for our camping trip uh tomorrow 
and like there's kids in golden knights hoodies there's kids in seattle like cracking jerseys like do you see a lot of their swag in your part of the world oh yeah like it's it's everywhere here it's the new cool thing right like it's the team that's got that buzz and like the cool logo and the cool colors and everything like that yeah do do you guys remember like early 90s when when anaheim san jose i got them all like Oh, it was so it was amazing, but then they were so bad that like (laughs) the teams were terrible. The jerseys and the logos were amazing, amazing, horrible, but horrible. So, so you just kind of like, ah, it's kind of a laughing stock. It's kind of embarrassing having this jersey. I had a Florida Panthers Ed Jovanovsky jersey. You know, like I, oh man. Well, they had success early on. They were okay, but like one year, and that's it. I was so excited for the San Jose Sharks when they came into the league. That's the first expansion team I really remember uh, when I was like six or seven years old. And I begged my dad for a for the teal Sharks jersey, and I got one. Uh, and I wore it till it essentially fell apart because those colors were just terrific. And it's one of the best logos in all of sports. Always a good look. Uh, but you know what was a bad look? The Canucks game the other night against Seattle. JT Miller, end of the second period, has a breakaway, shorthanded, goes in, misses. Uh, and then just goes down the tunnel and waits for his team to finish out the period for him. Dave, not the best look for JT Miller. I am starting to come to the belief that the Vancouver Canucks management is going to trade Miller this offseason simply based on the fact that this is a management team that doesn't want to have to deal with this sort of thing. And Miller has repeatedly done it, even though he's gotten better under Talkit. He repeatedly does it. And I don't see how Rutherford and Alvine would want to keep a guy around like that for seven more years if they can trade him for a solid return, which I do believe they can get. So I'm actually like like a few weeks ago, I, I I wasn't even really pondering this, but you keep hearing snippets from guys like Saravelli, uh, even guys like Elliot Friedman still talk about how it's an option that Miller's gonna get traded in this offseason. And then when I see an, another incident like this, and I think about the type of guy who Rutherford is, I don't know if he wants a guy like Miller around for seven years. If you truly want to change the culture and have like mentally strong leadership which helps push mentally strong teams. Am I like, am I wrong? I think you're wrong. <laughs> Rick okay, Tockett, fair. Rick Tockett came out today and said that he wasn't worried about it and that JT Miller has been fantastic. Uh, uh, he said he's been a consummate teammate and a big part of the leadership group since he's been there. He said it's something that he needs to work on. It's a bad habit was how Tockett kind of characterized it. He's like, it's not indicative of who Miller is. He just wants a little more stoicness and a little more discipline uh, out of him when it comes to showing that stuff. But he said that he's been nothing short of fantastic. That's a direct quote. Okay, and that's and that's cool because I like I do like Miller. I'm not trying to throw him under the bus. I like Miller a lot. And if if like behind the scenes, because what gets shown, you know, when Miller does something like this, we blow it out of proportion. Like everything is blown out of proportion in the world these days. Like. If he's good with the young guys, he's putting up point per game. He has since he got here, day one. Like, I like Miller, and if he's good in the room and he's not a cancer in the room, then, like, I'm happy to keep him. As long as you can solve your salary cap issues elsewhere. But 
it really sounds like um, that it it's all smoke, which is possible because the Canuck fans and the Canuck media are crazy. But apparently, they love the guy, um, and and they'd love to have a Coors banquet with him, which is what I'm drinking tonight because I bought too many of them. Uh, so I would have a drink with JT Miller, and I would make it a Coors banquet. Alan, what are you drinking tonight in Wellington, Ontario? And would you have a beer with JT Miller? Uh, no, I would not. I have no time for him. Um, <laughs> I am sick of him. Take his attitude and hit the road. If I was Vancouver, I would have traded him by now. Uh, Bo Horvat would have been my guy. I've made this known many times. I have no room for a player like JT Miller. That said, tonight I have given up the uh, Lentens. So I cracked myself <laughs> a nice cold sneaky weasel. Oh yeah, sneaky weasel. Back that on was the best. Off. That was the best sneaky weasel like like build up I think that's ever existed. That was they really great. Us. They really should be paying us. I might reach out to that brewery and be like, "Hey, we're the only ones who don't make fun of you." Hey, Give us it's, money. You know what? It's good. I was craving it. <laughs> I was like, I was on my way home from hockey, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I can have a beer tonight." Like. It's going to be so good. I opened my fridge and there was a sneaky weasel from the last time just before Lent. Well, That's amazing. Dave, I take it you're not drinking sneaky weasel on the far left West Coast. Uh, no, so I don't have any cold beers. I just had a, a Phillips uh, Dino Sour um, at a pub nearby and at Smuggler's Cove Pub, the hockey team that I play for now. Anyway, um, it tasted like Five Alive. <laughs> <laughs> you guys remember Five Alive? That's oh, yeah. solid. I want I, it. it. It was good. It was, it was pretty good. Uh, anyway, so now I got home and I, I had to throw some, I had to make myself a drink. So I ended up, because I don't have much, I got some Hendrix gin mixed with ginger ale. Gin and ginger ale. Yeah. And, and it that kind of, classy. It, you know what it is? It, it reminds me of my time spent at the Mirage in Surrey, which is now closed down. Dave will remember when they used fifty have highballs, dollar fifty highballs, three dollar doubles on a Thursday. Oh, yeah. And it, it just it, as soon as I took a sip, it took me back like 15, 20 years to the Mirage. Just avoid the sushi bar in the back, just like you should avoid other hockey podcasts. This has been episode eighty-seven of Off the Rush, the Sidney Crosby edition. He's going to play you out with the call of Chris Cupford and the Golden Goal. We'll see you next week. Said the kid. Said the kid. Said the kid. Again, let's start it.